Hey everyone, this is Chris and Tony's Blood and Donuts. Where we talk about and review your favorite horror movies. So grab a dozen. And a pint of blood. And let's talk about the 1978 American independent slasher film, Halloween. Hey everybody, welcome to Blood and Donuts. I'm Tony. And I'm Chris. Thanks everybody so much for joining. Yeah, thank you for joining. We want to thank everyone who has subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts and of course Spotify. And the folks watching us over on YouTube. Every week we were just absolutely blown away by the support that we have received. In just a short amount of time, too. We love oh, yeah. doing this podcast. It's a lot of fun. But when we see those people listening, interacting, subscribing, man, it makes it that much better. For those of us just joining us, Chris and I, we've been friends for over 25 years. Back in middle school, our parents would take us to the local rental store. We would rent these B-horror, slasher horror, classic horror films, you name it. We would stay up to the wee hours of the morning watching these horror films. And then all that week at school, we would have these inside jokes. We would have quotes. And, of course, we would give our very humble opinions about those horror films. We wanted to somehow recreate that as adults, and that's what you're listening to today. The Blood and Donuts podcast. We upload a new episode every Saturday, so make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss anything. Yeah, uh, subscribe, follow, give us a like, give us a give us some feedback because we like to hear... Uh, what you guys think and and you know it helps us kind of grow as a channel we're just a couple of goofballs doing what we like so uh we want to share what we're doing and we uh, hope you like it and we like to hear some feedback yeah movie suggestions too that'd be great oh yeah yeah um so so what how we how we run this podcast this is is kind of like a how how we how we roll we start by sharing some facts and an overview and then we give you our rating I'll give my rating, Chris will give his, and then we will share spoilers in a scene-by-scene way. Um, Chris, tell them how that rating goes. Uh, So we also alternate our movie choices. Um, This one is actually mine, and uh, whoever picked the movie goes first when we talk about what we like, what we don't like, and we give our rating. Whoever picked the movie goes first, and we're also both in the dark on what the other is thinking, so I don't know... Uh, how Tony feels about the original Halloween, but I'll find out pretty soon. We also rank our movies on a donut scale of 1 through 13. Uh, 1 through 4 is is terrible. You, we would not want you to go out of your way or spend any money on this movie. 5 through 8 is a mid-range, and it's worth a rent if you have time. It's not terrible, but it's not great. 9 through 12 is worth a view. Rent it if you need to, but definitely watch it. And 13 is a baker's dozen tier, and it's a masterpiece, and it should be considered one of the best or most influential movies of all time. Absolutely. Chris, Halloween, 1978. The original. The OG. Mm-hmm. Man. And you have to say that, too, because there's like four or five different timelines now. There's a million of them. <laughs> I, I say for this podcast's sake that we stick to this timeline. Like We, we don't like, again... So you can oh, go, yeah. you can go to what what three says that he his uh, or I'm uh, not not three that, that was a bad example. <laughs> uh, you can say like what four or five or even two or Eli. You can say like what his intentions were and why he did things. I think for this particular podcast, we should stick to only this movie, like it was the only one ever made. Yeah, you know, and even two, even two and somewhat four yeah. are really good in this timeline. You know, the Rob Zombie made some, um, and while they're, you know, they're certainly movies, yeah, um, but they're not <laughs> any good. I mean, I watched them. I thought it was a joke, uh, and I think even John Carpenter, he wasn't a big fan of them, but, uh, I mean, he gave his blessing to Rob Zombie to do whatever he wanted, but, uh, you know, anyway, um, yeah, we can stick to this timeline, and if we run out of movies, we'll delve into the 18th Halloween, but... Well, what, what I'm, I'm saying I'm is for this, this particular podcast, for the, uh, I think when we're talking about what his intentions were, we should stick to just mm. this movie because because oh, yeah. because his intentions are up in the air a lot of times in 1978. And I'm talking about Michael yeah. Myers. 
Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I like, do I don't want to say, oh, the reason he came back to his town and the reason he did this and the reason he did this <laughs> was because and three he did it. like again. Let's let's just stick to this. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Halloween is a 1978 American independent slasher film directed, co-written, and scored by John Carpenter, starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis with PJ Souls and Nancy Loomis in supporting roles. The film is set mostly in the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. The plot centers on a mental patient named Michael Myers, who was committed to a sanitarium for murdering his teenage sister on Halloween night when he was just a child. 15 years later, having escaped and returned to his hometown, he stalks teenage babysitter Lori Strode and her friends while under pursuit by his psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis. And that's weird, too, the, the, uh, Sam Loomis. And then it's uh, Nancy Loomis is like one of the characters. Yeah, what's up with that? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's crazy. But uh, no, I love the, uh, the setting here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like, when I was a child... I was I was staying at a babysitter's house and I think she was she could have been 12 13 years old. I was probably 6 or 7. And mm-hmm. I remember I we were playing an NES, uh, NES game and it was uh it was the it was Fr- Freddy Freddy Krueger and I, I forget it might have been just Friday the 3rd. Uh, no, I it might have been Elm Street. I know what you're talking about. Elm yeah. Street anyway. So yeah. where, where 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 Freddy would come and it would play the you know the the do 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 it would play like a song and then he would come whatever we were playing that and then she told me she said no the scariest the scariest person the scariest horror film is actually Halloween and Michael Myers that's what you should fear and I remember she telling me that as a kid I had never seen anything I never heard of it um, and then I saw uh, her watching Halloween two at some point and I remember the uh, there was a there was and again I was much too young to be watching this. <laughs> but I remember like there was the there was like a hot tub scene where Michael Myers turns that hot tub way, way, way up high and he mm-hmm. holds the nurse and her lover at the time under and that their skin starts boiling. Uh or maybe it's just her. I forget which one. Maybe he kills one off camera and then he made yeah. but I just remember being like, Oh my gosh. And when I yeah, finally like saw the skin's peeling off. Oh my gosh. Ugh. And it stuck with me. <laughs> it stuck with me. I'm like, Michael Myers is freaking scary. And when I first saw the 1978 version, and uh the first scene that I re- that I recall seeing as a young child was that uh K9, that that uh German shepherd barking mm-hmm. at him outside that window and like 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 something that you like I mean they they chase down criminals they do all kinds of things and 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 they yeah, Lester yes and it cuts to a the scene doll. where Michael Myers is just like you hear <laughs> and then the, and then he's just slowly letting this dog down like it was nothing for him to just crush or I don't know what he did to this dog so Michael yeah. Myers was always infamous in my mind he was always like larger than life he was bigger than jason he was bigger than freddie even because because that that babysitter told me so so uh it was always like (laughs) again it was a very realistic and so michael myers it was always like in the back of my head and when i became of age to be able to watch it and and enjoy it for what it really is and like know the history of it and john carpenter and, and and the cinematography and everything that was involved this is a very special movie yeah, it really is. And you have the the big three or four. You know, you have Michael Myers, you have Freddy Krueger, you have Jason Voorhees. You know, you have those. Those are kind of like the big three in like 70s, even, 80s. Horror. I might even say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Throw that in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, Le- leather three face. or four or five there, those, those mascots. Yeah. And this one for me has always stood out. And it's a very simple design it's a very simple mask yeah it's actually made from a william shatner mask with the eyes cut out bigger and the hair was kind of poofed out and the sideburns were cut and they spray painted it white crazy that is the mask for halloween that's all they did yeah it's uh it's very basic and i i guess that's i guess that's the draw of it i was like this could really happen this could happen to any town um, he gets more of a uh, paranormal, larger than life, more than man type of. Uh, the longer you go into the uh, into the mm-hmm. uh, franchise, so the more you go. But then this one particular, nineteen seventy eight, the original, he is a man. 
you know, at this point. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's just a freaky, crazy, evil man. And you're, and you're, you're learning about him through the eyes of his doctor, Donald Pleasance, or, mm-hmm. or as, uh, you know, uh, Loomis. And you're just saying he's, I mean, he's pure evil and you don't mm-hmm. get a lot of why he's evil. You don't, you don't get that. You don't, you don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. You just kind of through this great actor. I mean, I mean, amazing actor. He he's sitting there mm-hmm. and just like uh, again, scene by scene, like you're dealing with pure evil. Look into I I saw the eyes of the devil when I looked into his eyes. I saw him standing. I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah, there's a lot of great just monologues where where Donald Pleasance as Doctor Loomis is just talking about this uh, child, and he gives us very subtle hints like you know he's just staring at a wall looking through the wall looking into nothing looking into space and you know he's just evil you know uh and it gives you just little snippets of that and so you don't really need a lot of uh, paranormal you know like you said later in the other sequels it it's pretty crazy but and in this one too he does get shot and stabbed and and he just keeps coming back and, yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff but it works for this movie because he's like an unstoppable force who's trying to achieve a goal. And while he, you know, I won't spoil it, this uh, 1978 movie, but uh, it's really good. Um, the premise of it and the execution is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, John Carpenter, a young director, um, he, he co-wrote this uh, screenplay with Deborah Hill. The release date mm-hmm. was October 25th. Uh, 5th 1978 the movie was made on a relatively low budget of three hundred thousand dollars and it was a huge box office success uh it made first it it wasn't though right uh, it grossed over 70 million worldwide for an independent but it was an independent film so i mean independent films have to they have to make a name for themselves you know Mm -hmm. um but john carpenter those long shots that you're seeing um, uh, again, I, I guess we're, I guess we're spoiling it in some way, but, uh, in the beginning you're seeing, you're seeing Michael Myers as a child and you're seeing these long drawn out shots, shots that last for a minute, two minutes sometimes. And the suspense, mm-hmm. it just kills you. It goes right to your heart. And you see this like invented on the fly with, by John Carpenter. These shots are, are so good. They're so heart stopping i mean like uh i don't even know how to explain it and still watching it in 2023 this is a film from 1978 i still i enjoyed i enjoyed revisiting this i used to own it i've watched this a thousand times i still enjoy it every single time yeah you can and the you know we'll get into it but the the soundtrack is just like it takes you to that time and that part of the year you know every time you hear that soundtrack it just instantly takes you to like late fall it's Halloween's coming like that music is just fantastic and you know a lot of those long shots they're they're done and like you were saying they were just just innovative for the time and it's really ambitious yeah for the budget they had to shoot those big long shots but they yeah. made it work yeah they really made it work and looking back now it's almost like a rite of passage you see Jamie Lee Curtis who was the daughter of Jamie Lee who starred as the uh the the, the, the psycho lady who gets killed in the mm-hmm. shower I mean that was that was way back in the 1960s, and uh, again, uh, just like so, you just see it. You see it now as a rite of passage for Jamie Lee Curtis to to be a uh, what is it called? They, they call them a, uh, a is it a final girl? Is that final the, girl? Yeah, yeah, so a final girl, and Jamie Lee Curtis kind of like set the uh, set the tone for that for many years to come. Like like what a final girl is and what she you know you know and how she stands up she's a little bit braver she's uh, willing to take on the evil like no other and and like she told that uh, that little boy that she was uh, babysitting I'm not gonna let anything happen to you you know kind mm-hmm. of thing and, and yeah and, she, she was brave for them not really I mean you know she kind of she was the first one to like get something into Michael you know she yeah. stabbed him with a needle and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff so she's the first one to fight back yeah. Um, and yeah, great final girl, like you said, kind of like a prototype for years to come in decades to come. I mean, you can look back on this and just gain so much from just watching this movie and you can see that it's just been really influential throughout the genre. Absolutely. The entire film's events take place in a single night, adding to the suspense and tension. 
There's minimal blood. Despite its reputation as a classic horror film, Halloween contains relatively little blood and gore. Carpenter aimed to create fear through suspense and atmosphere. As we've learned in previous podcasts, there was no PG-13. They initially gave <laughs> Halloween a PG rating. Did you know that? Really? They, I did not and because it was so intense, they officially they they officially gave it an R. But originally, they gave it they gave it a PG. There was no there was no, you know what I mean. Like there was no. Yeah, I mean, there was like nudity and everything and yeah. everything. Okay. <laughs> John Carpenter composed that iconic score for Halloween, including that haunting main theme. The music is so a part of this film success. I mean that. I mean, like it's used throughout in the in the best parts. And what's crazy, and what I noticed on the on this film, on this filming, on, on this watching, particularly, I was uh, 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 he would play that to you know, like when you, but 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 there was silence played in a lot of places. You know what I mean? There was complete mm-hmm. silence. A lot of it, it wasn't always that theme going when Michael Myers was yeah. out. And I feel like in the in the later sequels they they've lost a little bit by overplaying that theme a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Carpenter aimed for a realistic and gritty portrayal of horror, emphasizing the terror that can uh, occur in just a familiar suburban setting. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's you know, if you if you put yourself back in the late 70s by yourself and you're like a young teenager, and let's say your parents are in bed or they went out to the movies and you put this movie on, it's going to scare the crap out of you. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to think, holy crap, this could happen. Yeah, that's the truth. You know? Michael Myers' motivations are deliberately left ambiguous in this film, contributing to the character's mystique. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the, the scene by scene. You don't, you don't really know. You're like, I, he does some things. You're just like, why did he do that? You don't know. You don't know who he is or what he is or what's going on. The movie was shot in just 20 days. The crew had to be resourceful due to the limited budget and time constraints. The success of this film led to numerous sequels, turning to Halloween into a long-running horror franchise. I mean, Halloween is... Yeah. Some of them better. After Buster Rhymes, I had to kind of stop watching (laughs) after Buster Rhymes. Which one was that? I can remember. We were... Is it 2003 or 2000 or something like that? We're kids in high school, and we're watching this... Was it Halloween Resurrection? It was Resurrection with Buster Rhymes. Oh, my God. But Buster Rhymes says trick or treat MF and like shoots <laughs> shoots Michael Myers or does whatever and just like yeah. everything that we had like we we had so much respect like I don't know Michael Myers like he like he like needs respect as a horror like yeah. as as horror enthusiast Michael Myers demands respect and to put a rapper like I mean Buster Rhymes he's great whatever but but to put him in an acting position and just say trick or treat yeah. and just like and just blow Michael Myers away we rolled our eyes we were so mad at that film ah, right I'm yeah, still mad could, about it I, yeah you know you're getting me mad now talking about it <laughs> but but now I feel like even you know let's let's go to the second one here you yeah. could end it on the second one and be done yeah as far as leaving that story alone you know yeah you, you could finish it the second one and be done and it would just be in a class of its own and, and it still is it did spawn a bunch of crap but for the one and two for me i mean those these are two of the best uh, yes. uh movies you know that's what i think about it i mean you just can't have any feelings negative feelings towards this movie based off all of its you know spawns yeah um terrible again it's just like the character is just too good to let to let alone you know what i mean they can't they can't let it go by uh so and i I get that i mean uh, michael myers demands respect he's creepy they did such a good job it's iconic it's iconic. Yeah. This movie's iconic. It is. Halloween is often credited with uh, popularizing the uh, slasher genre, influencing countless horror films that followed. In 2006, the, Liberty, the Library of Congress selected Halloween for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Dang, okay. This film's impact on popular culture extends behind beyond the f- horror genre with references in various media over the years. While some critics initially dismissed it as just another horror film, Halloween has gained reputation as a classic that revolutionized the horror genre, and I agree with that. 
And I read where uh, John Carpenter like took this to his college. I think it was like USC or something. Yes. And he showed it to him, and they were just like, "What is this crap? Like this Dang, is terrible. That's terrible." And uh, he that. got negative feedback just left and right. And he was like, "Wow, yeah. okay, maybe this isn't the one." Isn't but that crazy? I, I think he felt like he was doing something special. <sighs> he was doing something special. <laughs> Looking mm-hmm. back, most of the yeah. film scenes were shot in South Pasadena, California. This fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois, was actually South Pasadena. Uh, I heard uh, they had to bring leaves in. <laughs> they did. They brought leaves in. They uh, and they would blow them around, and then they would pick them up and put them back in the cycle. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? That's crazy, man. Uh, Donald Pleasance was a veteran actor, and uh, he he portrayed Doctor Sam Loomis, and they they needed him for this film to kind of like it was kind of like he was going to carry this thing, you know. Yeah, and I read, you know, he was kind of like the missing, the last puzzle piece that they needed for, for they wanted a big-name actor. So right. a couple of quick facts on that. Actor Christopher Lee turned down the role of Dr. Loomis and said it was the biggest regret of his career oh, look to not him. be in the film. Oh, wow. And yeah. then, uh, so they had $20,000 to budget Donald Pleasance, and they could only afford to have him on set and shoot for a week. That's hilarious. So he was only on set for a week, and they got all that good stuff. Dang. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. You needed him. Pretty wild. You needed him. He, yeah, put, I, he, he pushed the story along. He did. I think so, too. He really did. Uh, again, Halloween's uh, <laughs> freaking amazing. Um, <laughs> like I, like I, I was telling Chris before we did it, I was, I was like, man, I, I feel like I need white gloves to handle this. I know we're just a just a small podcast, YouTube channel, whatever. But I feel like uh I can't believe that we're getting to critique or or review <laughs> a, a movie like uh John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. I, and I just feel um I don't know. I feel I feel nostalgic. I feel just humbled to 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 kind of just talk about it and go through it and all this stuff and yeah. And uh anyway, do you have any more facts that you want to share about that? I got a couple of quick facts, and then if you want, I can go straight into my pros and cons yeah, and please, rating. Yeah, please do. Let's do this. Okay, so cinematography uh, by Dean Kundi. Um, he would go on to do the Back to the Future trilogy yeah. and Jurassic Park. That's nuts. Crazy. Uh, Deborah Hill is the co-writer. Yeah. Um, she was actually the hand. She was Michael Myers in the the opening shot. I heard that. John Carpenter, he did the, yeah. they did the breathing, too. Like, <sighs> Yeah, like that was John Carpenter. So they both were in on that. And John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, like you said, wrote that, wrote, wrote Mm -hmm. this movie. And she came up with all that girl talk because she was a babysitter and she came up with like the dialogue between like all the teenage girls like PJ souls and you know, all that, which is perfect. It is so yeah, good. Yeah. I enjoy the dialogue. I enjoy the, 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 the three, di- the dynamic between those three girls so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. You got like the arrogant one. You got the popular girl who's too busy for everything. And you got the quiet bookworm. It yeah. all just works really well. Yeah, It really works very well. All right. So for pros, let me, let me get into my rating here. So pros, the soundtrack is in a class of its own. Like I said, it just takes you back to that time of the Absolutely. year. Um, it's a slow reveal of friends to our uh, main heroine there. Uh, it's great acting by the adults. It's a great villain. It's very simple but great. Uh, I don't find that the movie has aged. It can still be enjoyed. Uh, you know, for me, uh, my favorite scene is uh, Bob getting killed and the opening scene, the long shot. Uh, just a couple of cons, really. Some easy kills for uh, Lori were passed up by Michael. Like he's just stalking her. Why don't you just run yeah, her down? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, and the kid acting is underwhelming, especially by today's standards. You know, we just watched uh, Black Phone, oh. you know, and those kids just knocked it out of yeah. the park. These the kids boogeyman is like, real. I swear he's real. Look. <laughs> I, like, he, was, he was good enough. It was just kind of, yeah. You know, I had to put a couple of cons in there. And I, yeah. I guess, you know, if I'm settling on a couple, um, I'd say the kid acting. Uh, and I'm not going to let the bad uh, sequels ruin this classic of uh, the worst scene for me was the backyard disappearing act. I thought it was a pretty lame uh, scare there. Uh, but for me, Tony, 
if I'm looking at this movie and all it does and all it has done, uh, it's a 13 out of 13 for me. This is a, uh, should be talked about for one of the best, if not, uh, it's in the discussion for best horror film of all time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, John Carpenter uh, hit a home run with this one. Uh, Michael Myers again. He is uh, he has been the uh, the boogeyman to me since I was a, since I was a kid. He is uh, um, th- this horror film is just uh, one of the best of all time. It's in a league of its own. Um, the long shots, everything about it. I could watch this. I've watched it two thousand times. It's uh, it's yeah. amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. The uh, her two friends are amazing. Michael Myers is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. Donald Pleasance is amazing. I I I I don't have a lot of negatives. I I, I can look at it now and just kind of laugh at some of uh you know, again, Michael Myers could have killed Laurie Strode uh, a few different <laughs> times. What like why is she sitting there laying there, you know? But um th- this film inspired a whole generation of horror films. Horror films that that uh made this podcast and uh and, and we get to enjoy uh because of this film from 1978 and it hits hard in 1978 and it hits hard in 2023 i give it a 13 out of uh out of 13 of course yeah it's a great nice yeah, yeah it's a great horror film i think it's amazing yeah. uh one of the best of all time and it it's uh one of the i would say top five horror films of all time oh yeah and just like yeah and, yeah, and for sure and i would say like top three influential horror films of all time it's pretty incredible mm-hmm. it's a it's a, it's a great experience and if you have not seen halloween 19, 1978 again there's not a lot of blood there's not a lot of gore it's not offensive you need to go watch it not only for a horror film but just for just a great film john carpenter knocks this one out of the park go watch halloween 1978 i guess are you ready to scene by scene spoil this thing Let's go through it and talk about it. Let's do it. Here are the spoils. On Halloween night, 1963, in the suburban town of Haddonfield, Illinois, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally stabs his teenage sister, Judith, to death with a kitchen knife. I was going to say, there's that that big, long shot, that really ambitious uh, shot. um, You know, really ambitious for the time. Yeah. And uh, you're seeing you're seeing Judith Myers, who is uh, Michael Myers' sister, and uh, you're seeing Michael. You know, like uh, does she have a boyfriend over? <laughs> She's like making out with her boyfriend. Yeah, and then they go upstairs for a little. Uh, oh yeah, little one on one, and then uh, a couple minutes later, he's leaving. But this POV mask thing, uh, he doesn't have it on initially, right? He puts it on at some point. Yeah, he he finds it somewhere i guess it's part of his costume that he left in the house so he he reaches and he grabs a his mask puts it on and then it's just the pov is covering like 80 percent of the this scene is so screen freaking <laughs> iconic i don't think it cuts away one time you hear the breath of this child and uh mm-hmm. and, and then you and again uh, like you like you hear the breath later as a grown man and, you know he, he hasn't changed much <laughs> but it's just as creepy and he like he sees his sister out out the window and i don't and again uh it it doesn't describe a lot and that's great because you because you talk about i can imagine what it was like in 1978 talking about it on the bus and stuff like oh i guess he was mad at his sister for this click 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 yeah you remember saying you, you those things? You put any scenario there, yeah. You were, you're saying those things. You're saying, oh, Michael Myers was mad. I remember hearing, like, oh, Michael Myers was mad because she didn't take him trick-or-treating because she was hanging out with her boyfriend instead. <laughs> I don't like, again, that's, that's made up. That's just childhood recess lore. But, I mean, that's what makes a great mm-hmm. movie, isn't it? Man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 15 years later, his psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis, drives with a colleague, nurse Marion Chambers, to the sanitarium where Michael is incarcerated to escort him to a court hearing after Loomis exits their, their car to unlock the main gate. Michael jumps on the roof. He attacks Marion. She runs from the vehicle, allowing Michael to steal the car and dry off, drive off. Yeah. And this for me is like one of the first like jump scares I can remember. Yeah. You know, with the, the hand coming down and oh, smacking yeah. the glass. Yeah. So it, yeah, it comes down to like breaks that side windshield. Mm-hmm. 
And, and because uh, Dr. Loomis and, and this nurse, he's like, they're kind of setting the stage. They're driving up and they're saying, and he's got like kind of talking about it already. And he's talking mm -hmm. about Michael. And so, yeah, this guy's, yeah, we're going to make. And it's creepy because you can see all the patients like outside of the hospital. Yeah. So like something's already happened and you can yeah. see all these patients out there and you're like, hmm. And he's like, I'm going to go check it out. And Absolutely. then you see this hand come down. It's like, oh crap. <laughs> it's great. And like, the, <clears throat> it, it like does this like kind of, <clears throat> like he jumps on the vehicle it does like, and like a, yeah. and like a hospital go, <clears throat> I don't even know. I, I don't even know what I'm doing here, but <laughs> you, you, you understand it. You, you've all seen this. So you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he like jumps on the vehicle. But anyway, Loomis is talking about Michael Myers and uh, you hear it later. He says, oh, he's been planning for this day for many years. Mm -hmm. So, and again, this, this, uh, this movie doesn't answer all the questions. And I have said many times, some of the best movies, some of the best movies answer all those questions. It comes to fruition. And then some of the best movies have you asking questions as you're leaving. This one is one of those. You're asking those mm -hmm. questions. You're thinking about it. Loomis said he's been planning for this day for a lot of time. You don't know how these patients got out. Why? Right. Why they're walking around the planes and why? Like, like, And you have to assume that Michael Myers somehow planned this in his evil mind but then again you don't even know what his evil mind is and what it entails and and all this anyway it's crazy mm -hmm. michael makes his way back to haddonfield killing a mechanic for his coveralls on the way stealing a white mask from a local hardware store he begins stalking a teenager Lori strode whom he saw drop off a key at his long abandoned childhood house that her father is trying to sell so for me, the cinematography here is great. Um, the look of the town, the, it's a really good buildup. And like you were just talking about, the town already has this lore about Michael Myers. It's a creepy old house where the kids are like, hey, the boogeyman lives there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Lori Strode and her friends are getting out of school. And it's California, but you could have fooled me. I mean, I'm seeing leaves everywhere. <laughs> when I see this, it feels like Halloween to me. And it shows mm -hmm. trick-or-treaters running around at night. It feels very October in the Midwest in uh, Chicago to me. It feels it feels mm -hmm. very uh, it feels very. They did a really good job of uh, of of establishing that. And uh, yeah, and uh, Lori Strode is like, hang, you're meeting her friends at the time, and uh, and uh, one of her her and one of her friends is uh, smoking weed in the car and they're talking about day-to-day -day life of this dance and what's going on. And they do a really good job of establishing like Lori Strode is very uh, shy and there's this mm -hmm. girl that she would like, uh, there's this guy that she would like to go to the dance with, but she's too scared to ask and they're smoking weed. And then, um, and then, and then one of the friends, what was her name? Uh, you got Lindsay and Annie. Yeah. So, so Annie or Linda and Annie. Yeah. So Annie is, Riding with uh, with Strode and her 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 dad is the actual police officer, like the sheriff mm -hmm. of the town. And they're like smoking weed, and they ride by. <laughs> they're like, "Oh my god, that's my dad!" And they they, they 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 drive by, and he comes up to the window. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Some kids doing this. Uh, you know, they broke in and they stole some masks. And you kind of find out where Michael Myers got his mask. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you wonder to yourself, how did this sheriff not smell the weed that was in that car? <laughs> they had no windows down or anything. And yeah, I think even Lori later was like, "I'm sure your dad knows already." And Annie's <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, he don't know. He don't know. He always looks like that." <laughs> Annie does a good like. She is so good. She is such a good mm -hmm. actress. Uh, I love like she's like this. She's just very like straightforward and have yeah. fun both of both of Lori's friends are like that yeah you got one that's arrogant and one that's just like nonchalant and kind of aggressive with yeah. everybody and it's fun but uh michael makes his way back to haddonfield killing a mechanic we saw that he begins stalking a teenager Lori strode whom he saw drop off a key at his childhood home Lori notices michael throughout the day but her friends annie brackett and linda van der Kiuk, dismiss her <laughs> concerns um so so at this point you're just like michael myers is infatuated with laurie strode 
again, we're not taking any sequels into mind. We're just talking about this 1978 film. He's just uh, he's just infatuated with Laurie Strode because she just happened to stop by the house, right? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Loomis arrives in Haddonfield. He discovers that Michael Myers has stolen Judith's tomb from the uh, the tombstone from the local cemetery. He meets up with Annie's father, Sheriff Lay Brackett, and they begin to search for Michael. While they investigate the old Myers house, Loomis discovers how he came to realize that Michael is pure evil. There's that good dialogue from uh, from Donald Pleasance there. Yeah, Donald has this vein in his uh, his right temple that's like always <laughs> popping out, which makes him look even more concerned than he really he really should. I was just like, God, this <laughs> this guy needs he needs a nap. You know what I mean? I did not notice that. He just has this vein that's just popping out in his right temple. And I'm just like, this poor guy, I feel like he's been through it. It just made it, like, it was more than acting. It was like a physical characteristic that made him look so freaking concerned. It was this huge protruding <laughs> vein on his right temple while he's talking to this sheriff. There was also going to have to go check that out. Yeah. So there's also, uh, like, he he's on, like, a pay phone over here by this abandoned car is that what it was he stole uh, yeah, he stole he, a car but he abandoned that car and then loomis stops over there by it and he's on the phone yeah something like that you can see the dead tow truck driver i guess yeah in the that's where he got his jumpsuit they had to yeah. get him a jumpsuit somehow yeah but uh, i mean loomis didn't even discover the the dead guy until after he like, hangs mm -hmm. up the, he hangs up the phone like it's very like uh the film has a pacing to it like they have to like hey we got to get along with this so there is, there are some things that are in there that you're just like huh loomis should have discovered that before he made that phone call <laughs> or whatever there's one point later yeah. where he's sitting outside michael myers like hometown house and all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, after sitting out there for three or four hours, he looks over and he's like, oh, there's a government official car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. After uh, yeah. after Myers has started this rampage. But mm. anyway, Loomis, uh, so, so that night, Michael Myers follows Annie and Lori to their babysitting jobs. Lori's watching Tommy Doyle while Annie stays with Lindsay Wallace. Lindsay Wallace uh, is... Her, her, uh, the girl that plays her is actually one of the, uh, the, the wives of, uh, Beverly Hills, right? Well, like the, the, was it the housewives of Beverly Hills? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah. So it's, so this is where he, he spies on Annie and this is where he kills a dog. Like you were talking about. Um, and then Tommy also sees Michael from the windows and he thinks he's the boogeyman and he's like, it's the boogeyman, it's the boogeyman. And, uh, you know, Lori's just like, no, it's, it's not like I'm on the phone. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Lindsay Wallace is played by Kyle Richards, who is one mm -hmm. of the, 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 the housewives of, of Beverly Hills. And so she, she starred in, uh, before that. Before this film, she was she starred in a uh, like Little House on the Prairie and a few other things. But Kyle Richards and I think they uh, eventually they she stars as herself Lindsay Wallace Kyle Richards as um, in some of the later Halloween films. Yeah, anyway, I think in like the sixth one alongside yeah, Paul the, Rudd. Oh yeah, Paul but, Rudd. But, what he plays mm -hmm. he plays Tommy in some later films, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the one later film. Uh, and this is where he kills the dog and she's on the phone. And I really like how, you know, even all the background scenes where he's just like silent and just standing there watching. Oh, I love it. They work so good. Oh, it looks so good. Um, they see they see him. It's like so iconic. They're walking down the sidewalk. They see Michael Myers behind. Like he's he's right in front of the bush and like looking at them. <laughs> And then the next scene, he's not behind the bush. And then, and then she's looking out the window, and he's in the, the there's like some some clotheslines that he's standing in. This is iconic Michael mm -hmm. Myers stuff. And the, and then he's not there. And they do a really good job with that. I mean, uh, Tommy thinks he sees the boogeyman outside the home uh, that Annie is at a couple of different times. It's just 
man, it's so good. It's so good for the buildup. And then, and then when he finally goes on his spree, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know? And you just <laughs> like, I mean, the buildup is so good here. Yeah. It's like a buildup and then it's like a killing spree. And then it's like the, like the final act kind of thing. Yeah, so so Michael follows Annie and Lori to their babysitting jobs. We just said that Lori watches Tommy Doyle while Annie watches Lindsay Wallace across the street. Michael spies on Annie and kills the Wallace family dog. Tommy spots Michael from the window and thinks he's the boogeyman, but Lori just dismisses him. Later, Annie takes Lindsay to the Doyle house for a night so she can pick up her boyfriend. Before that, she she uh, she was making some popcorn. She spilled some butter on her shirt, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, and then uh, she like she's uh, doing some laundry. She has to take her clothes off. She has to she has to get in uh, maybe the dad's shirt and and then Michael Myers like uh, breaks a pot right outside that window, like to to, to yeah, where he's that's like his one fault there. He yeah, the what were you doing, Michael? I was thinking that. <laughs> and then she has to like take these clothes and this is just adding to the suspense to this. Like she has to go all the way into the backyard, which is like 50 yards away from the house. I'm like, why is the laundry? Why is the washer and dryer so far out there? But anyway, who designed that? Exactly. Uh, the parents of the, uh, the parents of the daughter of, the housewives of Beverly Hills is who designed it, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, so so she has to go out there and wash her clothes, and it's way out there. It's so I mean the the doors opening, and then and then it creaks open, and then closes, and then and then she's like yeah. she gets locked out, and she has to open up a side window to get out. She's like, don't tell anybody about this when when her boyfriend <laughs> finally calls. It's so suspenseful. Like this, uh, the synopsis is leaving out a lot of that suspense that that you're seeing yeah. in this film. But man, they do a good job. No, it, it leaves you. It's got a good build up, and it's like, okay, here she's about to die because I just saw Michael in the background, oh, and yeah. then it's like not, and then they kind of go along with the movie, and she's alive for another ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, dang, okay, yeah. when is he going to kill her? Yeah. Annie, uh, Annie, like these girls are these girls are horny, really, really horny. Other than Lori Strode, 70s, man. I don't know what was in the water, but Annie's like, hey, you got to watch. She goes to Lori Strode across the street. She goes, you're going to have to watch Lindsay because I need to go pick up my boyfriend. And I I got to go get Paul. Yeah, I got to get Paul. And we're going to have to do some things. You know, I mean, like, we're going to have to make this happen. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, And there's this this whole thing. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, Michael hides in her car. Um, you know, Annie's going back to her car. She's going to go pick up Paul. She sees a little fog. Remember on her windshield? She's like, yeah, she's like, and she doesn't know if it's on the outside or the inside. She kind of like wipes it off. And then all of a sudden, like Michael just, <laughs> he like comes up and just, he does that Michael strangle. Michael does a lot of strangling in this one. We call it a he's, slasher. He's two, right? Yeah. We call it a slasher, but he strangles before he slashes a lot of times in this. Yeah. So he strangles uh, Annie, and she struggles, and she does a good job struggling. I mean, she's like, I mean, their eyes go, and then finally he's just like, I'm gonna slice this girl, you know. And I mean, yeah, give her give her an A for effort for struggling, but then she starts honking the horn, and he's like, Well, enough of that. Yeah. So then he slices her throat. Yeah, but then when she dies, she kind of lays on the horn. Yeah, so I don't know why he just ended it there. So it's (laughs) whatever is what it is. Uh, so Bob arrives at the wall, uh, the Wallace house. He finds mm-hmm. it empty. After having sex, Bob goes downstairs for a beer. That's leaving a lot out too. So, so him, him and his girlfriend, and her name is. Uh, so Linda and Bob. Okay, so are so, they're totally gonna go make out at the Wallace house because uh, they're not there. So they're making out on the couch. Yeah, right. And then they get a call. And they're like, "Hey, we're you know, Lindsay's not coming home tonight." So then oh, they look yeah. at each other and they're like, "Oh, let's go up to the master bedroom." Oh then. yeah, like, yeah. And they they have <laughs> sex, and it lasts for about uh-huh. thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds pretty normal. And she's and she is just so pumped about that. She lights two cigarettes, one of them very poorly. If you've noticed, I mean, you watched as many times as I have, and yeah, I was just like, man, she could have lit that cigarette a little bit better. And she goes, do you want a beer? I'm going to go get you. And then all of a sudden she's like, 
no, you need to go, you know, like, he's like, oh, you want me to go get the beer? And you know how girls are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Bob goes downstairs and gets a beer. And then uh, this is one of my favorite jump scares. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably one of yours as well. Is it, do you mention this as, as your favorite? Uh, this was my favorite scene, yeah, where Bob gets killed. Yeah, he's, he, 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 uh, he like, opens one closet, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in there, and then he opens up another one, and, like, and it just like Michael just comes up <laughs> and chokes him, and then he ends up with one one arm. He's like holding, he like raises him up against, and then you see that Michael Myers is like one of the strongest dudes on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, he hangs him like I'm guessing he hangs him on some kind of like hanger or something like that, and then he stabs him through his body. Or well, or, I think or, so. Yeah, he's just. Or is he just he raises him up and then he stabs him <laughs> through the wall? So he just kind of pins him on the wall using the knife. Yeah, and Bob, that's how yeah, that works. It's between his ribs or something. Let's just assume. That. Yeah, we're assuming yeah, that we it, he wouldn't slide down at all. Not at all. Yeah, got caught up on the rib cage. Yeah. So uh, Michael then <laughs> puts on a ghost costume. He puts on like a bed sheet, cuts out some eyeballs, and puts Bob's glasses on, and goes back to Lori. And he's just standing there, and then she like takes her, you know, she 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 lowers the sheet, and she's like, "Does that get you excited?" You know, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, like and Linda. Yeah, yeah. And she's like kind of over uh, what 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 he's doing and these games he's playing and all this stuff. And then she finally calls Lori right mm-hmm. at that point. And then while she's calling Lori, Michael, while he's in the sheet, chokes her out. Yeah, and this kind of harkens back to where earlier on the phone, Lori heard like some kind of strangling or gagging on the phone. And then so she kind of hears like the same thing she'd heard earlier. And she's like, okay, you're just messing with me again. And then she hangs up. So so it's one of those like, well, she's heard it before, so she hangs up. But in reality, her friend's getting strangled. At that point, Loomis, he he discovers the, the stolen car. And he starts searching mm-hmm. the streets. He, he's sitting there at the at the Myers house, waiting for Michael to return, obviously. And uh, he sees that car behind him, and he starts, you know, he starts, uh, you know, looking, uh, searching a little bit harder than he was. Worried by the phone call, Lori goes to the Wallace house and finds her friend's bodies as well as Judas Myers' headstone in the upstairs bedroom. What a great scene, right? Yeah, uh, you know, it's I like the reveal there where she, you know, it's one of his first like where he leaves uh, something behind where she he, you know, he leaves like the bodies all dangling and yeah. leaves a headstone and stuff. And it, it like works really well because he just kind of like stored everybody in the Wallace house and <laughs> <laughs> or wherever he did. And like every, she finds them all and it's like, holy crap. Yeah. And and, and again, uh like I said, with with this movie, you don't understand what his uh, what his motives are. You know, you're yeah. just like you're like, why did he go to the graveyard and dig up her headstone? We don't know. Why did yeah. he pick out Lori and her friends to murder? We don't know. Why did he stroll? Uh, is Annie out on the bed with Judas headstone up there? We don't know. Why did he kill two dogs in this film? He killed another one earlier. He didn't he eat one? <laughs> didn't it say that? Yeah, there was one in the house. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, and like, and, and, and so we don't know because the because the sheriff was like, maybe it's a skunk, and Doctor Loomis was like, no, I think he got hungry. Is what happened. So you're just like, you don't know. And that's what's cool right. about this. You're like, what are we dealing with here? And you can imagine 1978, again, before the sequels tried to answer some of these questions. You're like, what are we dealing with? What are his motives? You know? Yeah, I agree. A lot of these answers could have been left, or these questions could have been left unanswered. Unanswered. I love that he has no motive. I love that the fact that she just came up there and dropped that key off is, uh, yeah, she's she's got to die now. Her and her friends. You know, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, she runs to the hallway where Michael slashes her arm and causes her to fall over the banister. And uh, she manages to escape the house with Michael in pursuit. Yeah, that happens when you get slashed on the arm. You totally just fall over the rail. Yeah, um, that happened a lot in the seventies. <laughs> it happens all the time. I mean, it, it was a very, uh, very. Uh, I mean, very lucky for her, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 
Otherwise, they would have just kept stabbing. Yeah. Lori is a very lucky woman. We find that out in this film. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I mean, she comes close to death how many times? Uh, I mean, I, it's just like four. Where he just like, he was coming after her and he's just like, he couldn't do it. He couldn't pull it off. Yeah, she got saved by a, a few things there. She got saved by Loomis and she gets saved by just her just kind of fighting herself or, you know, fending for herself. She pulls off a mask and then that freaks him out. That's what you got to do. You just got to unmask him. Unmask him. You unmask Michael Myers in this film too. He's pretty basic mm -hmm. looking and I like that. <laughs> I, I did have a note on that where the guy that actually played Michael, uh, where he was walking around the town was mm -hmm. played by Nick Castle. Okay. Uh, which was like John Carpenter's friend. Okay. He was like, hey, man, can I be in the film? And John Carpenter's like, yeah, $25 a day, and I want you to walk from point A to point B. But Imagine then when they unmasked that. him, they uh, they wanted someone with a more angelic face, so they Dang. hired, uh, I forget his name, but yeah, they hired a different guy to for the unmasking. That's unfortunate, right? Yeah. I watched a YouTube video. I know this is this is side plot. I'm sorry. I watched a YouTube video of uh, Universal Horror Nights of the Halloween uh, of Michael Myers' house. Like, I mean, it mm -hmm. was so good. I want to go to Hollow. I want to go to the Horror Nights at, at Universal. Have you ever been? No, I remember sending you a video though, where it was like a couple of guys walking down a street, and it was like, "Here's the Myers' house." And oh. It was like just a standalone uh, yeah. like thing. I watched one. It was like a it was like a, a POV of going through that house and it was so freaking cool. And all these things that we're talking about, it was there. Like Annie like, oh, like I gotta on look that the, up. Yeah, like Annie like laying down on the house and the yeah, uh, on the bed and that the tombstone of Judith being above her and stuff like that. It was so perfect. It was so good. Nice. I want to go so bad. I'm so jealous of anybody that's ever been to that. <laughs> Lori makes it back to the Doyle house and she tries to call for help only to find the phone that is dead. Michael sneaks in through the window and attacks her again, but she stabs him in the neck with a kneading needle. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. I know. Like, like, why? Like, he gets he gets stabbed, but it's like a two or three inch stab, and then he, like, in this movie, he kind of, like, lays down for a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, that really made me tired. Yeah, gonna, so he just, like, I'm just going to lay down for a few minutes. I'm going to have a lie down. And think about the pain. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but uh, Lori, Lori, when she goes to the kid, she's like, "Hey, I've I've killed him. I killed him already." Like she she was very confident in that stabbing. Well, you know, here's where you have to keep stabbing, but you know, as we know, that doesn't always work. Man, you it, do have to cut his head off. Every time uh, I watch this, I'm like, "Freaking stab him again! Stab him!" Yeah. You know, you're screaming at Lori, who's just sitting there resting, yeah. drinking, maybe like eating a sandwich. <laughs> Like it's just like I just got like a Gatorade. She's yeah, like, <laughs> thinking he's dead, she staggers upstairs to check on the children. Where Michael appears again, hiding in a closet. Lori stabs him in the eyeball with a coat hanger, and then in the chest with his own knife. After she sends Tommy and Lindsay to a neighbor's house to call the police, Michael rises again. When he rises again. It's very uh, Undertaker style, right? I feel like Undertaker stole that. Uh, and you know, those are all iconic. I mean, the closet scene, the him raising up in the background and then looking over, um, all that's iconic. I mean, and the most anxious scene for me is where she's like trying to get into the house. And like, she's like, Tommy, let me in. Tommy, Tommy. Yeah. Where's my key? Like, my key. Where's my key? She's like digging in her pockets right. and stuff like that. Yeah. But then like Tommy's just kind of like nonchalantly like walking down to the to the door to let her in. He's like rubbing his eyes. And oh, I'm man. like, Tommy, open the freaking door. These she's kids, about to die. These kids will piss you off. Uh, Earlier, was it Lindsay's watching The Thing? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like a nod to The Thing which uh, John yep. Carpenter would later do. But she wouldn't She wouldn't budge for nothing, you know? Yeah. She was just eating popcorn while uh, Lester, the dog, was getting strangled. Yeah. She loved, I mean, these kids love popcorn. I mean, they're, they're asking for popcorn left and right. <laughs> In the 70s, was popcorn just like the thing? I mean, like, what? what's Apparently. up with that? And Jack and Atlanta. And finally, Lori's like, Lori's finally like, no more popcorn. You've had enough. Yeah, you've had enough popcorn. My goodness. 
but like jack- I'm out. Like, do you do you call a carved pumpkin a jack o' lantern in Tennessee? Do we call them jack o' lanterns? Um, in this household, we call them carved pumpkins. Carved pumpkins. That's what, that's pumpkins. what I've been calling my whole entire life. When they yeah. call them jack o' lanterns, I go, <laughs> "What?" It's like, it's like a California thing. Or something. I guess <laughs> they're like later. Do you think we can carve jack o' lanterns? And like, when they say it, I'm just like. <laughs> What's a jack o' lantern? They probably call like uh, they probably call Coke pop. Oh, that bet they do. Or soda. They say soda. Can I get a soda? It's all Coke. Come on, get it right. <laughs> Seeing the children run from the house, Loomis goes to investigate, and he sees Michael strangling Lori. He's got he's got he's got Lori in the old in the old Michael Myers strangle, the 1978 strangle. Nobody can get out of that. Mm-mm. But she breaks free by pulling his mask off, revealing his face. Loomis shoots Michael, knocking him off the balcony. When he goes to check on the body, though, Loomis sees that Michael Myers has vanished. Oh, no. Unsurprised, he stares off as Lori sobs in horror. Two quick things. Yes. Donald Pleasance asked John Carpenter, he's like, hey, do you want an oh my God reaction or do you want a well, I knew that was going to happen reaction? And so they filmed both. And obviously the I knew it reaction was better. This is just like, I knew he was going to be gone. Like there was nothing I could do. What film did we watch where it was dedicated to Donald Pleasance? Is that four or five, or what was that? Uh, that's actually six, The Curse of Michael Myers, because oh. Loomis is still in that. Oh. God, poor guy. Yeah, he's in that. <laughs> that's poor guy in that poor movie. You, five five was one of your favorites. No, so four Is that a guilty pleasure for you? Favorites. Was it four? Was that, that, no, nah, there was one that was, like, it was a guilty pleasure for you. Like, this is, this is one of my favorites right here. It what? was six, unfortunately. <laughs> What's the one where they had all the like everybody was dressing for Michael Myers for their for Halloween? They were like dressing up. I know there was a somebody was dressed up as him in two, which was actually oh, uh, yeah. Lori's boyfriend Ben Tramer, who got hit by the like got pinched by the cars or whatever. But yeah, I don't remember which one. Where it's like a lot of them, and they were that was four. It might have been four. I don't know. Yeah, that was four. I can't where they were them. like they they started to get ridiculous. They started to get really Yeah, bad. they did. Did you like I mean, I was th- a fan of four. You but... and I watched three and we liked it. The the mask. Yeah, yeah, as a standalone movie. It's, people, it's people, not terrible. People hate that film. People really hate I, on that film. I I didn't mind it. I thought it was a really good film. Yeah, it's not bad if, if you take away the name. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. So I don't know why they called it Halloween. I think it was a Something to do with the guy that funded the film or something, but uh, I don't know. It, it was probably like John Carpenter was like, "Yeah, I mean, Michael Myers is done. I mean, I mean, what else are you going to do with this?" He probably didn't see it like that. Where America was heading was like, "Man, we know we want sequel after sequel, and Michael mm-hmm. Myers as a franchise." And that's kind of like uh, we didn't know that. We didn't know that back then. I was kind of invented back then. There's, uh, you know, there's there's a million Texas. Chainsaw Maskers. There's a million Halloweens. There's a million Friday the 13th. There's a million Screams. They're still talking about Scream. Scream 7. There's another uh, one coming out, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's girls yeah. uh, getting fired and backed out, and they don't even know what, what's going on. I mean, again, like, uh, it's <laughs> it's crazy. The sequels in horror movies, yeah. is, uh, it's crazy. It's good. I like it. I mean, it, it, it is what it is, but some of those sequels are terrible. Yeah. I mean, you've had that even more recently with like paranormal activity. You know, I saw the first two and I might have seen like a third or a fourth, but yeah. now they're ta- they're into some weird crap now. And it's like, dang, man. Yeah, I, like, I, leave, I, some of these you got to leave alone. What saw are we on? Saw 10, Saw X. Or Everybody says saw, yeah. saw X is, uh, is really good, though. I've heard some people say that. Well, why don't we add it to our podcast list? Mm. Because we, we got some bangers coming out. Let's add, add it to it. What bangers we got? Well, we got, um, you know, we got a couple of Christmas themes coming out. We got Krampus. I love Christmas. Better Watch Out. Yeah. I think Hereditary's Hereditary. in there. I like that. The uh, original Texas Chainsaw Massacre's in our queue. So we got lots about. of stuff coming I out, y'all. I love that. I love that. And I love this film. It was a classic. It's an honor to even 
talk about it, review it. Uh, we can't even mm-hmm. we can't even scratch the surface on what this uh, on what this film has done to the horror industry. And we've missed so many facts. I'm sure we've missed so many uh, like yeah. conne- connections and all that stuff. So we're not, we're never going to be able to do it service. But just an honor to to be able to talk about it and write it today. Uh, we did the best that we could do by honoring this with 13 donuts. I mean, yeah. what else does this film need? Yeah. It's our first uh, one. You know, yeah, we gave it our highest honor that we can. So yeah. it's, it's a great film. We love it. We love it so much. If you haven't seen it, you've been on, you've been on like a, like a private Island or something. I don't know. Like go see it. It's free on crackle. I watched some commercials <laughs> and I watched it on crackle. I used to own it on yeah. VHS, but uh, that's uh that's obsolete. Now I donated all those VHSs. So anyway, go watch Halloween. This John Carpenter classic. Probably one of his best. I'd say it is his best. We loved it. That does it for this episode of Blood and Donuts. Thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stop by our YouTube channel, Blood and Donuts Podcast. Until next time, this has been Chris and Tony's Blood and Donuts. (laughs) 